welcome to another episode of The Star Sit Down. My name is Kim Davis Jr., the podcast editor at The Star. And today we have a very special guest. I've gotten to know her a little bit. I'm really excited to have her here to tell her story. Her name is Mina Yasmin. She is a former Texas State activist. And uh, yeah, I'm just ready to get this thing going. Are you ready, Mina? I am. <laughs> you can introduce yourself, say a little bit about you to the people. Uh, Hey y'all, my name is Mina. Um, I use she, her, hers. And I used to go to Texas State. I went for a couple years before transferring to Texas Southern and moving to Houston. Um, but before I did that, I had a very interesting two years and I'm excited to talk to you all about it. So yeah. Um, no, go ahead. I'm just, I'm just talking. What was this? <laughs> I use my hands a lot. I'm like, yeah, it's giving me very much public speaking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you're good. You're safe. Um, mm -hmm. I've told you this many times before, but feel free to take as much time as you need. Um, I was really impacted by your story just because I didn't know the depth and like how really impactful and how the the impact is still felt today. So, um, yeah, just take all the time you need. You know, um, a lot of Black students have benefited from the work that you and a lot of the people in the sit-in and um, like the March on Clegg and all this this activism stuff from like three years ago. And I'm just really excited. So if you can tell everyone a little bit about, you know, your work involved in like the sit-in and your whole story. Um, but yeah, I'm going to give you the floor. Oh, joy. Okay. <laughs> um, so I started to attend Texas State. Um, I want to say, was it fall, spring 2016? I um, started attending. Um, but what drew me to campus was how beautiful it was. First of all, I loved the river that ran through it. Um, and actually, on my tour, they told me that it was a Hispanic serving. Hispanic serving institution um, and I was really happy with the diversity that I saw there and something a lot of people don't know is I literally went so far out of my way to attend Texas State. I had scholarships from every other um, institution that I applied to um, and I didn't have any from Texas State because I attended, I applied my first semester of senior year of high school so my grades weren't in yet or as good and so I was just like man I love this campus so I'm just gonna have to take out a couple loans and yeah um so I got there and I was having a lot of fun um you know getting the feel of things I made a lot of friends at new student orientation um that I you know were seeing every day and um so I was having fun my first semester. It was really early in my first semester. And everybody knows Texas Day is a party school, yada, yada. Or at that time, that's what it was known as. And um, when you're a freshman and you don't know anyone, obviously you're going to just go to any address that is posted on like the Texas State party Snapchat or whatever is going around on Twitter or anything like that. And so um, actually, the first night I was getting ready to go out, um, I was speaking to some people in my dorm, and they told me that a lot of the um, Greek life don't allow 
people of color or like black people went to their parties. Now I've never attended, I never even made the attempt to attend, attend those parties after hearing that, but I did hear stories of people being turned away at the door and the streets being filled with like, you know, black freshmen, you know, trying to figure out where to go, where the party was at and not really knowing what was going on. So that was the first red flag after, you know, my campus tour and being told like it was such a diverse campus. Um, fast forward a few months into my semester, first semester, I joined everything with the word black in it because I was starting to um, come into my blackness outside of high school. You know, my high school was basically 100% people of color. Um, and walking around Texas State, I was starting to feel like they had lied to me about the HSI statement um, because it felt like a PWI. I've never seen so many white people in one space in my life. And I felt like I needed to find, you know, the people that I would be comfortable with. Um, so I've joined Black Student Alliance, Black Women United. Um, what else was there? Everything with the word Black in it. I was joining. I was seeing what it was about. And I actually didn't join Pan-African Action Committee until a little later after I attended a poetry slam in the Multicultural Lounge. So all these things are happening at the same time. I've only been in college for a few months. So I never, I never took the bus anywhere for some reason. I always walked my ass to class, like from one end of campus to the other, up the hills, down the hills, stairs, don't ask me why. But um, as fate would have it, uh, one my morning walk to class, um, hanging from Alkek one morning was a banner that read, America is a white nation um, with the blood and soil logo on it. And so I'm thinking, hmm, where the hell did I end up for this type of thing to be going on? Obviously, that's another red flag. And shortly after, I started seeing, um, obviously, things circulating on social media, um, a statement from Pan-African Action Committee specifically led me to start attending their meetings regularly. Um, that's where I met a bunch of my friends now, Safari Robertson, Najah Marshall, you know, Emmy. Araya, I don't know where he is now. I hope he's doing great. He was actually president at the time. Um, and their meetings consisted of organizing, which is something um, I had never seen before. I had never been a part of my other organizations. We would, you know, go to meetings and talk about things. But um, Pan-African Action Committee was different in that as soon as a meeting started, we would break into groups and start organizing whatever it is they had planned. Um, so I need guided questions. I can't just talk about my own story. If you have anything to ask. Okay, okay, yeah, I can, I, can, I can help you, I can help you out. So okay, thank you. when you saw the um, over Alkek, that, that sign and it was the, um, the white supremacist and you kind of got that feeling like oh well 
I didn't know that was here. That's not what was really like marketed towards me. Can you talk about how as a student of color coming, thinking that you're about to come to this place that's really inclusive and also having that experience where it's like, oh, wow, like they just don't let people of color into these parties. Like, oh, okay. Can you start to talk about how you already talked about how when you joined different organizations that kind of like shaped your your blackness and you started to be, you know have this sense of self and become more you i don't want to say more pride in your own skin but you started to discover your own blackness right so mm-hmm. on top of the alcac and the experiences like hearing these stories about the greek life talk about how that kind of like showed unveiled kind of the reality behind this veil that texas state had you know for students of color right so <clears throat> I, it's so crazy for me to think about because my mom was the one who is white, I'm mixed, whatever, I'm black though, (laughs) but I am that mixed kid with like the white mom and like, you know, before I started attending Texas State or at least in my knowledge, people could tell. And so um, the conversation in my household was like, why don't you go to Prairie View? Like, why don't you go to an HBCU? And I was like, no, like Texas State is the happy median. It's diverse, even though it's not HBCU. It's, a, you know, mostly people of color. And I'm just, it's still going to look like the community that I'm used to. And so when I started seeing these like things popping up, I was, I, first of all, I felt like Boo Boo the Fool. <laughs> I felt like Boo Boo the Fool because they ride for diversity so hard at Texas State. They love to tote the fact that they're Hispanic serving institution but failed to tell you that a known white supremacist like who attends (laughs) attends campus that's something you should disclose because to me that's a safety issue to me having active white nationalist groups in and around a small college town is a safety issue that you should disclose right but I guess that's the way that's not the way marketing works So as I'm discovering these things, I'm talking to people, I'm learning about things that have happened in the years prior. Obviously there was a big eruption around the election the year before when I was a senior in high school before I got there. I heard a story about um, someone telling that a a member of the LGBTQIA plus community that they were gonna throw them off a roof I heard stories about um, people editing the face, excuse me, of a black student onto um, an image of a slave being lynched and spreading it on social media. So as all this started to unravel, I'm looking into not necessarily what I can do, but what, what more can there be? I'm trying to get the full story because I was just completely in disbelief. I was like, there's no, there's no way it could be this bad. I really thought that racism of that magnitude did not exist anymore because I was completely surrounded throughout my formative years, like my early teen years to, you know, obviously becoming a young adult around people of color. So alarms started going off. And the conversations that I was having in my organization were becoming more serious and more um, in-depth of like, 
you know, the general population's feelings. And I also had no idea, I should have done my research. I'm always kicking myself for not doing my research on this, on this institution and being like, oh, the campus is pretty, a river, and being like, this is where I want to go. Because I had also just learned that the um, student population or the black student population had barely had just barely gone up from 7% to 11% that year. Um, and then it clicked. I was I, I could tell because we would see the same people at every event, every org meeting, anything, you know, there was a hashtag black Texas state. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even know about like, I had no idea the community was that close knit. So in the midst of this, um, one of my friends, now friends, we weren't friends at the time, but um, had just released a column. It was very um, contradictive. Is that the word? Tell me if I'm being a dumbass <laughs> when I'm speaking, because. I think. Um, controversial. Yes. Yes, okay. very controversial uh, nationally as well, not just mm -hmm. in the tech state community. Right, yes. So my friend had just um, written this column. It was published and printed, um, <clears throat> excuse me, by the University Star called Your DNA is an Abomination. It was really controversial. Um, we were on Fox News. <laughs> That's how controversial it was, being dragged. Um, and it was a, a ooh, excuse me, a critique of the idea of whiteness and how it's constantly associated with power. And um, what a lot of people just took and ran with was the title, which is literally a Kendrick Lamar lyric. Um, Kendrick Lamar said it first and was speaking to white people. Um, there's a word in the column that literally debunks anything, any type of literal interpretation that means the essence of the idea of, and the word is ontologically right. So people completely took the skills that they learned in junior and senior year of high school, and any critical reading skills that they had and threw it out as soon as they saw um, death to whiteness, right? They took that literally and it set off a media storm. Um, there were Nazis, white nationalists, um, sending death threats to the university star, um, <clears throat> to the columnists themselves. And basically, for lack of better words, it was a shit show. It was a shit show. Everything. <clears throat> I'm gonna take a sip of water really quickly because this is embarrassing. It sounds like I smoked three packs a day. Excuse me. You hear that gulp? <laughs> I love yes, mukbangs. Yeah, I know. I love mukbangs. I love it. Um, I'm gonna like check my teeth really quickly because every time that happens, I get lipstick on my teeth. Give me like one second. I don't want to be embarrassed. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Cause I'll keep talking and talking. Yeah, there's literally <laughs> lipstick on my teeth right now. And you know, I'll be smiling. Got some big front teeth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> for lack of better words. <sighs> for lack of better words, it was a 
So, and this is what jump-started everything that led up to the sit-in, the climate on campus. It was like a volcano waiting to erupt, right? So the column is published, it's released. Um, the media storm is surrounding it. Um, and our student body president at the time, Connor Clegg, gave an interview um, in which he called for the university start to be defunded. And this was the beginning of it all, right? Um, several people at the star lost their jobs because of this column. Um, and it was publicly denounced. The columnist was called racist and abhorrent when our university president failed to use the same wording in reference to the white nationalist activity on campus. Um, there was no public denouncement for that behavior, um, but when it comes to exercising the First Amendment right to free speech, she felt the need to do that. She also named the columnist, uh, columnist, 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 Kamala, okay. <laughs> columnist, um, fully, full government name in her statement that was distributed to the entire campus um placing a very 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 large target on their back right so now we have university president fumbling just fumbling everything fumbling everything looking just dumb because she could not use the word racist when it came to white nationalists but use the word racist when it came to a single student um exercising their right of free speech. And then we had our student body president um, calling for the university star to be defunded because it was in our tuition and he felt like, um, I guess, that was his right to do so. Um, obviously, that's illegal. Can you hear the dog barking in the background? No, you're good. Okay. Obviously, you can't shut down a newspaper because you don't like the th things that they publish that's general knowledge you think so um and then after he did this um the people did a little digging and found an old instagram of his in which he was posting um pictures of people without their consent um in foreign countries um taking pictures of nuns, talking about, you know, assaulting them. It was just really gross, racist posts that were now being um, circulated around campus. And this is what immediately led up to, um, I guess, what is now the March on Clegg. Um, I remember being in my dorm room, at that time, I was getting out to go to my organization's um, meetings. But I, other than that, I really wasn't doing a lot of socializing because at that point I was like, oh, <laughs> I don't really want to hang out with anybody I don't know at this point because I don't know what's going to happen. Um, so things started to circulate on Twitter and Pan-African Action Committee or PAC, um, released a flyer 
um, instructing everyone to meet at the Stallions for um, a, I don't want to say rally, kind of triggering to use the word rallies because of Trump now and his rallies. It wasn't really a rally, but we were instructed to meet at the Stallions. Um, there were going to be, you know, people speaking. And that was the first time I was really directly involved with activism and any um, direct action beyond, you know, using a hashtag, retweeting something. Up until that point, I didn't think that I was the type of person to do that. Not to say that, you know, it was too much, but I always felt like I wasn't, I don't want to say I wasn't Black enough, but I didn't, I had never directly experienced racism on that level. Now, I'm sure I've encountered microaggressions. The more I think about it, um, especially when I was in middle school growing up, definitely encountered those, but nobody has ever straight up called me like a nigger. Like, <laughs> I never even thought that was possible until I started attending Texas State. So I felt really strongly about it. I was like, man, um, I'm going to try this. Um, so I remember going to the university bookstore because my old broke down Honda didn't know where to go. I was scared to, oh, I thought I paused. You were just really still for a second. <laughs> um, my old broke down Honda, I didn't think could handle the hills. I didn't like to drive anywhere. And I lived on top of the hill um, that goes down, basically Strahan Falls, Falls and Sayers right behind, it's irrelevant, but I want to talk about it because it's a really big Yes, hill. <laughs> yeah, I, next, I, I live next to Blanca. I, I don't think I know the hill you're talking about, right? Oh yeah, the one behind. I lived in Falls yeah. and Sayers, and you know that big ass hill that goes down to yeah. the ro baby. My Honda, the brakes, no. So I walked my ass to the bookstore and bought me some sharpies, the fat ones, and I bought mm, a little poster board, and I started really thinking about what I wanted to say. Now, little did I know. I was thinking about what I wanted to say from here on out because th this was the first time I truly got involved, right? So I made my sign. I ended up writing, when will this institu institution serve me to um, hashtag defend DACA, hashtag Black Lives Matter. <laughs> wow. So that was kind of embarrassing. I don't know why I did that. But um so I'm, anyone who knows me, I'm extremely punctual. I walked to the stallions and I was the first one there. And I was just standing there with my sign like this. Awkward, cause I didn't know what to say, have my fist up like this. And then my friend uh, Journey, we were really close at the time. My friend Journey joined me and she put her fist up. And um, then slowly but surely, a lot more people started to come up and then um, the, so the Multicultural Lounge is on the other side of campus, um, right next to Old Main. So as it started to fill up, um, I think Tafari, Emmy, Rudy, May, I, I think were walking down. It was like something out of a movie. Like I felt like I was in 
like a Netflix sitcom or something. The way they're, what is it? Um, what is that show called? To your white people? Yeah. <laughs> I hope that was better white people watching these people watch. They had a sign made out of a sheet. And those same, no, there was a banner drop also on Outkick after um, Blood and Soil did their banner drop also that said no racism, no fascism, all power to the people. And it's allegedly the same one. I, I can't legally know. I don't know if that's the same one. But it, um, they were walking down with this sheet. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, man, like, this is really, like, to be honest, I was like, this is really cool. Like, wow. <laughs> um, and then they tied it on the stallions. And everybody, you know, turned to listen. And Emmy said a few words. Um, Tafari said a few words. Rudy, the comment, I'm not even gonna, everybody knows who it is. So I feel like I shouldn't even like not say it, but we just put redacted. <laughs> um, but um, Rudy said their piece. And we were going to march to a student government meeting where um, this where I cannot tell you, I was so unaware. At, at this point, um, it was all very surface level for me at that time because I wasn't as involved, everything. I was getting all my information from social media. So I know at this point that one of um, our friends, Alyssa, wrote up impeachment papers and um, we're going to the student government meeting to voice our concerns and distaste with Connor Clegg. And um, I was feeling brave that night. I remember I walked up <laughs> to the podium and choked as I would do for the next two years. You uh, mean like you, you stuttered because of the like pressure of public speaking? Yes. Oh my God. I giggled. It was really bad. I started talking. I knew what I wanted to say and um, I should have written something down. I was shaken. It was really bad and it looked like I wasn't taking it seriously and I always cringe about That's like one of the things I wake up at in the middle of the night and cringe about. Like, <laughs> damn, these people probably thought I was just goofy, like just there to be there. But You were I a freshman, right? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it makes sense. Yeah, so I was like, man, I got up there, said my piece. Um, a lot of people did that day, and um, that was also the day that I laid eyes on one of my closest friends. Um, they go by X right now. Um, yeah, they, at the podium, they talked about how they carry a, a box cutter for safety, um, I don't know why I'm smiling while I, I'm saying that because that's obviously really sad, but the story and, behind... And so just to clarify, so this happened after the, after the Stallions and this was... Mm -hmm. So was this during that point? Because I know you said that Rudy had spoken. So did mm -hmm. you go from the Stallions and then go to another location? I just want to make sure because yes. it, keeps, it keeps freezing sometimes and it's, mm -hmm. it's hard just to... I just want as much like continuity as possible. So you guys go, mm -hmm. you guys are at the Stallions. 
and then this location is where i just want to be um lbj student center i can't remember the the um the room number for life of me the state the the teaching theater right, right um that's where they hold the meetings and yeah so i that was the moment that i met a lot of my friends we were we walked in chanting hey hey ho ho connor click i've got to go we was really getting down um and the meeting ended that was it um and then more things started to happen i mean it was kind of dead for a while. It's really, you said, I know you want continuity, but like for me, it's really flashy. Like the things that were like, they come flashing back to me right. at like the most random times because one, I'm in disbelief that I even went through any of that. Can you imagine being a brand new college freshman all of this is happening. You're transitioning and trying to, you know, grow into the person that you're going to be for the rest of your life. And then learning like, oh my gosh, like, damn, racism. <laughs> like, damn, racism. Like, that was really it. Like, damn. <laughs> it's really bad. I laugh about it, but I was losing my shit. like I was like this really this really happened like people really say these things with no regard and s with their entire chests and post these things and are so unapologetic like I it was scary because people really are in that mind frame and then my my gears are turning like oh my gosh I got to drive through a sundown town to get here, luling, you know, a bunch of honky-tonk, just rolling hills, nothing but fields. Um, so I was in distress and trying to have a good time at the same time because it was my first year of college. I wanted to have fun. Now, in the midst of all this as well, I was failing like three of my classes because I had no idea how to deal with any, I had no idea how to balance. My mind was consumed with, okay, what are we going to do next? Who am I? Like, is this what I want to do? Um, just things like that. And the conversations that I was having in my classes as well full of white people I was like pretty much it was it's always like me and maybe like one or two other people who look like me in these classes now and everyone had an opinion about this column and you don't want to say anything so it's just crazy to think about um so can you talk a little bit about the sit-in that kind of got put in motion after what had happened with uh, LBJ Yes. Yeah, so um, we're going to student government meetings regularly now, um, keeping up with, uh, you know, impeachment proceedings. And um, I think during the meeting in which they were supposed to read um, what he was supposed to be charged with, and um, whether or not he was guilty was, I, 
I cannot tell you which meeting it was at. Um, I know, and I wish I knew the logistics of it, um, but I knew that I think at first they found him not guilty. Um, they found him not guilty uh, of anything and um, didn't feel like he needed to be impeached, but the dean overturned it and then we were able to proceed. Now the meeting, um, the dean basically said like, no, he's guilty. Um, now the meeting in which they were supposed to have this hearing, um, there was one, there were two meetings like after that. So um, the first time half the Senate did not show up, we were obviously like, wow, these is like, you go ahead, bleep, bleep, that, because uh, that was our mindset, okay? These mother <laughs> did not show up. Now, um, if you're a member of the Student Senate, you get two absences, and I guess a lot of them have not used them. So um, the meeting was adjourned, and obviously we were just all pissed, and it was set for either the next, I think meetings were on Mondays, next, the next Monday, or the Monday, Monday after that. Now, whatever, whenever it was, the Senate did not meet quorum at that meeting either. And that's when shit really hit the fan because we knew what was going on. Um, we were really angry at this point. So um, when, I always want to call this girl Jackie Bosboss. Her name is not Jackie Bosboss, but I knew a girl. <laughs> I knew a girl named Jackie Bosboss in middle school, and now every time I think of Jackie, I'm just like Jackie Bosboss. <laughs> it's, it's not Jackie Bosboss. The Jackie who was next in line for um, president. Oh my gosh, that's another thing. Vice the vice president was. Um, impeached or relieved of his duties because he got a DUI or something like so we didn't even have a vice president we just had Connor Clegg <laughs> so this Jackie girl is um supposed to be the next president um following Clegg's resignation impeachment that's another thing we initially called for his resignation he refused to resign and um so it all led up to this meeting where the Senate did not meet quorum for the second time in a row. And I remember the moments leading up to that because we're looking, we're seeing the empty seats, we're murmuring like, oh my God, they're like, they're not, they're not going to show up. They're not going to show up. They're not going to do this. They're not going to be here. They're standing in solidarity with their uh, Michelin man. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not funny, but it is. It is. Pretty it is. It is. Because that's what he looked like. Okay. So, um, they called roll and we realized they're going to have to adjourn this meeting. And the place erupted. I know I, for one, was pissed. I saw red. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Da -da 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 -da. Like, so he gets up to leave. He leaves. And I don't know who said it first. Um, but I know I said it. I was like, I'm not leaving till he comes back. I'm not leaving till y'all get him here. Like, get every single person who was supposed to attend this meeting in this room. And um, now there's a group of students 
asking Jackie, like, someone has to, like, who's going to take responsibility? Something has to be done, basically, you know, taking out their frustrations on her as well. Tafari, who is, like, an instrumental part of all of this, was upstairs at a USAC meeting, underrepresented student advisory council, um, was upstairs at a USAC meeting and came down to see, you know, what the hell was going on. So somewhere through all that, a bunch of us decide, like, we sleeping here. We're sleeping here. The word sit in was muttered, and that's what happened. So we start getting on our phones, like, we're like, bro, everybody come to LBJ, there's a party, like, nah, we not leaving till Connor Clegg and his constituents coming back in here. And um, that's, that's what we did. <laughs> that's what we did. Um, we started making like a plan of action. People started uh, drafting press releases. People started, um, you know, posting things on social media, started the hashtag. I think at the time there was a whole Twitter dedicated to all everything that was going on. It's suspended now, but it was Resistance Texas State. Um, we just started blasting. We just started blasting, telling everybody, like, this is what's going on. Um, get your ass here, basically. So that night, we did spend in the teaching theater. People started bringing blankets, food, um, extra clothes. And we spent that night in the teaching theater. And um, it wasn't too, too serious that night. You know, we were having fun. We were using the projector, projecting like music videos. Um, yeah, watching like news coverage. I I don't want <laughs> It was just like it was chill. It was honestly chill. We were watching Lemonade at one point. Like it was a cool vibe. It felt like one big sleepover, right? And then morning came, and we're like, oh my god. <laughs> what are we gonna do like not what are we gonna do like we knew what we were gonna do but we were like yeah <laughs> yeah so what happened was i uh, believe it was the next day um administration had organized a meeting they organized a meeting um downstairs in the ballroom or next to the ballroom i just know it was downstairs and they wanted to know, I guess, what we wanted. So I don't know if it, we should have released our demands at, uh, at that point, but it was basically a public forum. It was a public forum again. And we were saying the things that we had always been saying, you know, like we want Connor Clegg to be held accountable for his actions. We want to know why you had this reaction um, to Rudy's column and not and didn't have the same energy from white nationalists on campus. We wanted to know why you didn't release the names of white nationalists who were. I'm gonna stop because of that. Okay. So sorry. So, where we left off is you were talking about all the stuff that had happened at the sit-in and. Mm -hmm you had watched Lemonade and you guys were like, oh my gosh, this kind of sleepover. And you had just reached the point of the next day, like, mm -hmm. what, have, what, have, like what have we done? Like, what's next? Like, we never, so could please continue the story from there. Right. So we woke up 
And <clears throat> I think the next day, uh, one of my friends had made, um, she makes zines, like just regular, but she had made like a foldable zine of all like the racist, like problematic um, instances in like Texas and recent Texas state years or in Texas state's recent years. And so I remember, I think it was the next day, getting up, somebody had brought a big, a big, one of those cardboard things at Starbucks. And I, at that point, I was living off the coffee, um, poured myself a cup of coffee. And in the morning, we were like, you know, tired as hell, because the lights in LBJ turn on at like 6 a.m. or something. So we're like, like, it's early. <laughs> We had to move out of the teaching theater and we started folding the pamphlets to hand out to people going to their classes, I think was the next day, as well as, um, maybe it was a third day. That happened on the third day, but the next day for sure, we had that meeting with administration and they were very dismissive with everything that we were saying. Um, Dr. Smith in particular, you'd think she'd have like some type of sympathy or, you know, identify with the things that we were saying because she is like the dean. She's one of the only like black deans. Um, stop. Okay, still. Um, <laughs> see, haha, get it on. Um, still was no, like, they were very dismissive. Everything we were saying, I wish I could find the live stream. I went back and I had tried to lace myself up <laughs> on everything that happened so I could be as accurate as possible. Um, but the attitude just wasn't great. We were, you could clearly tell, like we were overwhelmed with the fact that we actually like started a sit-in and um, administration they weren't hearing us they were lying like just blatantly lying about stuff and um towards the end we realized that one of the senators who was missing in the meeting the night before was in there with Jackie and um he was sitting there like a douche <laughs> with his Ray-Bans on the entire time if I think I said this in my interview, but if you can imagine the most, like, Caucasian frat boy ever, that was this guy, like, the, um, what is the, not Lululemon, the, the, the elephant, Vineyard Vines, that's a whale. Yep. The threat, like, yeah, Vineyard Vines, Sperry's. Yeah, all of it, but he had on the collared shirt that was striped, I think, and, um, on the way out, he basically said some like just some very slick under his breath and someone heard him because we had realized who he was and we started asking questions like why didn't where were you last night like what's going on like basically everything was coming to a head again and he said something like what you guys are doing doesn't matter and then people really got pissed off so we started to follow them to the uh floor where the president's office is there's like a student government office um in lbj as well upstairs and we 
followed him, followed Jackie up there. I remember there was, we were chanting like, shame, 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 shame. And they got escorted out by an officer. Now, we lost them for a second. And um, we realized where they were going, what parking garage, garage they were going to. And so we cut them off there. We were blocking. I don't know if someone's going to get arrested for me saying this. Allegedly. Um, we were standing in front of, I think, Jackie's car. We just wanted answers for what? At that, because really, I think we had them. We had them. I think uh, our frustration just, again, came to a head at that moment. And um, I can't tell you what we were doing in our parking garage. I honestly can't tell you. It was just a big mess of emotion. And um, we're asking questions, wanting answers. This girl is scared. This guy is being an ass with his Ray-Bans once again, like acting like he doesn't care about anything. And it's just like adding like, adding tinder to it that's not even the phrase basically they're just fanning the fire fanning the fire making it bigger 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 because they did not did not care so i can't tell you what we were doing in that garage like i think about it now it we it felt like we had such a purpose like such a purpose going down there and for what we blocked these people in um asking for answers to several different questions. Um, then obviously the police got involved. They're asking us to move. We start, we formed like a chain um, blocking them in um, until we got what we w needed or wanted, not even wanted, like I guess what we needed, but at that point we weren't gonna get what we needed from them because at the end of the day, they can't snap their fingers and um, and impeach Clegg, which isn't even what it was about at that point. But um, emotions were running high. Um, one of the seniors at the time, Russell, had like a really emotional outburst, I think, because he's been there longer. Um, he knows the history a bit more. He was angry like he was like I'm tired of this I'm tired of y'all why is this why is it that it's come to this like crying and um summons transpires I think officer Sue her name was it's like this white lesbian cop that um you know the student body for the most part really liked she tried to um you know convince us to move. She's trying to relate to us um, just due to the fact that she's marginalized as well. But um, we weren't really having it. <laughs> we weren't really having it because she was in uniform. We weren't having it. And um, things happened to where we finally decided to move. So we all collectively decided to open like a door as we're like linked up, linked up like this. And uh, as soon as the car pulls out, a cop goes to reach for somebody and then, an, you know, 
my friend Journey gets in the middle of it and is like, what are you doing? I think some of the discussion was, you know, we could just go back upstairs and let it be that. But um, that's not what happened. It seemed like they were trying to take us that day. And somebody ends up on the ground. I hear crying. I'm hearing hyperventilating. I'm just like, what is going on? Um, so some, somebody, there's like a hair in my lip gloss. Somebody negotiates with one of the officers and we all end up going upstairs. Um, after that, I, I can't even tell you what we were doing in the parking garage. Like, uh, I wish we could use footage from like the zoom that I had with everybody because I feel like I explained it better. Cause like, I, I know now, like we shouldn't have done that. There was no purpose to it. We were just angry. We were acting purely on emotion. Um, and we were needed elsewhere. But I think that our reaction, though it wasn't needed, it was valid. Um, I think what happens is when you kind of push a group to what is kind of insanity with like just the gaslighting and the dismissiveness and refusing to hear any of our concerns and acting on them. We at that point were just done. We didn't give a flying about anything like, so I think that's how we handled it. That's the way it manifested. And um, ultimately that's what got several people arrested so I think about that a lot, but we ended up going back upstairs. We hosted a press conference. Um, and yeah, I think that was most of the second day. I think I remember stepping out for a little bit, going for a walk, um, taking some cool pictures in like the greenery outside. <laughs> I think my hair was pink at the time. So, um, that was second day. Yeah. Second day was garage day. Let's call that garage day. <laughs> Just a mess, child. Just a mess. We had media calling coming in from, you know, greater Texas areas. So we released a lot of press, uh, um, press, press releases. I'm like losing my train of thought. I do have the demands right here. So let's reiterate. The sit-in itself was not just to get Connor Clegg impeached. I didn't say this here, but um, the whole purpose of Pan-African Action Committee and why it was created was to get Black studies um, onto campus and onto curriculum. Um, so this was already going on a, a year or two before I got there. Um, list these demands, so I'm gonna read them out. Um, it was to establish a Black studies minor and or accessible enrollment track by fall 2018, publish a timeline for the international international recruitment of black professors to match black student population in coming years. This was something that in the meeting I was so mad about because their answers to why there were like no black professors on campus was because they can't find enough who are qualified. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah, see, like, it doesn't make, it was just BS after BS. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, mm. 
Um, the addition of a cultural diversity requirement to the general core, cur core curriculum, as well as the expansion of diverse course options under current core requirements, including but not limited to language, philosophy, and culture, and advanced literature electives, immediate hiring of an on-campus immigration attorney at no cost to the students, um, a published, as well as a published plan of action for the continued support of undocumented students at Texas State University, and to establish a system independent of university police for tracking, reporting incidents of hate, bias, harassment, or intimidation. So, my lipstick is bothering me, my bad. Um, so now, here in this very moment, we have two, I want to say, out of the one, two, three, four, five, and um, it wasn't about Clegg anymore. Like, at this point, it was just symbolic. Uh, our statement to my, I guess my philosophy behind that was, you know, like, I could care less if this man is impeached, but I want to know that the university and student government um, is den publicly denouncing this type of behavior and um, forcing this man to take some responsibility, the system at least to take responsibility. So that's basically what it turned into. And as the days kind of went on, we were, I wasn't a part of like the leading group. I wasn't in too many talks. Like the most important talks I was not in them because I wasn't as significant, but I was kind of in the thick of things. Um, I was friends with people who were in those talks. And we ended up speaking to the student organizers from Howard who had just had a sit-in as well that year and kind of deciding how to move forward. So what we basically, what we decided we wanted at that point was a published timeline for all of these things. And um, that timeline to be published publicly, um, we wanted it like distributed to the entire campus. That way we had something to hold them accountable to. It wasn't just, you know, talk. It wasn't just to get us out of LBJ. And um, I remember on the last night, that's, that's what happened. That's what happened. We got emails from Dr. Smith um, and I think a few other administrators. And that was kind of the beginning of the end. Um, some of the administrators had made Twitters to tweet these things out. We got them in directly into our inboxes as well. And I think the majority of the people there were really tired at that point because I think it was hour 72. So what that's, how many days is that? I can't even tell you like four. That's three. That's three. Three? <laughs> Why did I say four? What's four days? <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm like four, I'm like, th I'm thinking four days is 48 hours. Like, no, that's okay. 96 maybe? Okay. It so, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it was day three. It was like 70, 70, hours, 72, 72 or 75. And um, so we had been there for a while. It's close to final season. People were trying to, you know, 
um, work with their professors at this time too. And late, I remember it was late at night, it was pouring and we took a vote on whether or not we were gonna vacate the space. Um, I wasn't there when that decision was made, not the decision itself, but the decision to vote. I was um, with my boyfriend at the time. So that's also what the situation was for a lot of the instrumental people in this. They were elsewhere because even though we were occupying the space, we needed breaks, um, you know, at certain times. So we weren't all there. Now, there were people voting over the phone. So for that reason, I feel like we should have waited a couple of days to get everybody there at least or just another day. I don't think we should have left that night when we had, um, especially since it was storming outside. Like they staying one more day wasn't gonna kill them. Like not not like the people staying there, but like administration. Right. What were they gonna do? <laughs> Way too many of us in there for them to do anything. So it wouldn't have been bad to stay one more day because it's not like they were gonna pull up with a. Well, you know what? I can't even say that because they probably would have. Because <laughs> they probably would have. They probably would have arrested us in mass. But um. I feel like we should have ended it. I feel like we shouldn't have ended it when we did. We should have waited a day to really take that day to discuss what needs to happen and what something more tangible we can get from them. But at that point, they had really done what we asked. So I think the attitude was what they did it. So like, why are we still here? Um, so we vacated LBJ. And then fast forward to a week, I don't even know, a week, couple weeks, it was finals time. Um, I wake up to, let me backtrack. It was finals time. A lot of the people who were present in the garage were displaced because there were now warrants out for their arrests. I had woken up. Um, I remember to the group me blowing up because my friend Journey was arrested and the charges were obstructing a highway. Now, a parking garage isn't a highway. So it seemed like they were really just searching for things to charge these people with and to say, hey, look, like we're still the big dogs. Like at the end of the day, we still hold your education in our hands, right? So my friend was plucked from her dorm room in the dead of night. Um, and so were three other people. Um, they were homeless basically for a while after that because a lot of us were freshmen we were living on campus and obviously you're not gonna feel safe on a campus where they just issued a warrant out for your arrest. So it was just a lot of BS. I know some of them are still dealing with those things to this day, like need to go to court, perform community service, or find that stuff for obstructing a highway, okay, which it's just, uh, like, I just, uh, it makes me feel gross. It makes me feel icky, like. So. I'm sorry, I'm reflecting. No, yeah, no, yeah, you're, you're good. So the two of the biggest regrets that you have about this whole sit-in is, or I know for one at least is you think you guys should have definitely stayed longer in hindsight. Mm -hmm. Right. And um, do you also wish that you didn't go to that parking garage 
in hindsight as well because i, I mean do. based based off of what you're saying and not only like the legal repercussions but just for the sake of the cause and just the overall like shift it had after that do you think that not going to the parking garage would have served um the the movement better it cut out please repeat oh, i heard I, the movement better yeah i said do you think that um not going to the parking garage could have served the movement better I do. I do because um, what it did, because there, was, I, I, there aren't videos of it circulating anymore, but um, during that time, they were everywhere and it made us look hysterical. It made us look um, like we were in control. Now, that's not to say that I really feel like that reaction was also valid. I think it was so valid because it was such like a demonstration of our frustration and why like, you know, like we really felt like we had no, no nothing else to do because we had just left a meeting where the people who have the power to change things were being dismissive and saying like, well, we're not gonna do that. Literally, like they were like, we're not gonna do that. So it was, it wasn't beneficial, but I think for on an emotional, like speaking from an emotional standpoint, it was needed because after that, um, I think people really understood why we were sleeping in LBJ. Like they could like see, like they could see this man crying real tears and like screaming, like I'm tired, you know? Mm-hmm. So would I have done it a little bit differently? <laughs> yes. I probably wouldn't have. Um, not, we didn't really chase them. I don't want to incriminate myself, but like I wouldn't follow. I wouldn't have followed that girl and that guy like down there. Um, I think we could have just blasted them and made a video just the same as opposed to the situation that happened. So. Are you upset that in the wake of everything that happened in this movement that a lot of the changes that came from the activism that you took part in, you didn't get really the opportunity to bear the fruit of your label, of of your label, bear the fruit of your labor? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm like upset. Like, because, I mean, I found Afrocentric and Black-centered classes in an HBCU now, so me taking like you know a black studies course there's like a myriad of black courses now that I can choose from like but I love that campus like when I I still think it's beautiful I still I wish I could wake up and go to the river before class still I wish I could drive five minutes down the road to see my friends I wish I didn't have to pay $20 for gas once a week because my tank lasted a whole month in San Marcos. So so I was either taking the bus or walking. So I think it's really not fair. It's not fair. It's especially not fair because the university is trying to move the multicultural lounge to LBJ and um, take credit for all the work that Jafari and Pan-African Action uh, Committee did getting a Black Studies um, minor onto campus, period. Um, 
also one of the things that I really struggled with after into my sophomore year, which is like a whole different story. But I remember telling you, like, I was like, I was depressed. Like I was depressed as hell um, because I didn't feel wanted on campus. But also, like I said, like that's such like a pivotal, like transformational time period for anyone transitioning from being a teenager into a young adult and finding yourself. And I had let activism consume everything about me. I had basically felt like that was my entire identity. So when we got into my sophomore year and things were quiet, I felt like I had like no purpose. It was so hard for me to figure out what I was going to do. Like, I remember I would host weekly potlucks to get that same like sitting feeling, not really, but you know, just to see everybody because these are people you know, that I had slept next to, dang, like, been musty next to. <laughs> it was, it was just an experience, and I felt like, oh my gosh, now I have to move on from this on top of going to campus and seeing reminders everywhere, being triggered when I have to go to class and LBJ, walk through the parking garage, all of that. Little did I know that the second semester would have like a repeat, but on like a smaller level. And it was really kind of a fail, but um, more traumatic. That, that's to say way more traumatic, way more police brutality, way more BS. I don't know if you want to talk about that, but um, I feel like we, how long have we been going? Um, about an hour and a half. About an hour and a half. Um, How are you feeling? I mean, it's... I'm feeling... I feel... I feel sorry for you and the fact that you had to do all this. Oh. Okay, repeat that again. I'm so sorry. I got it. What you were saying felt so sincere. I was, like, so angry. Go ahead. No, it's, it, it, it's very sincere. I, I feel bad that you had to go through this experience, um, you know, and I also feel bad because your college experience, at least at Texas State has been so vastly different than mine. You know, part of me is happy that, you know, you did the, you, you, you did this, so I'm able to be where I am. And I'm grateful for that. And now I'm not, not just you specifically, but all these people and all these names and everyone involved did this. So that way I'm able to be where I am. And I'm very grateful for that because in my experience at Texas state, I've had a, I've had a very positive experience. I was only on campus for a year and a half. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's tough to really gauge that, but I'm a semester ahead. So now I'm a junior. So hopefully soon I'll be able to go back to campus, but you know, I, I came on to Texas State. I changed my major the first day because uh, I was like, this is not what I love to do. And like this, essentially, like what I'm doing right now is what I'm very passionate about. So I changed my major from like programming and computers to like electronic media. And, mm. um, you know, I, I found comedy and I started doing, I, I started performing and I, got wow. together with my girlfriend who I've been with for over a year and I've had all these positives and you've had all these negatives and 
you know, I just, I feel really badly and I'm also very thankful, you know? Um, so if like there's any sort of like validation, like, you know, did we really make a change? At least you have me to, you know, tell you like, yes, you did, you know, cause your change, you, what your work definitely impacted me. So I'm very grateful. And that's why it was very important for me, you know, to have this story told, you know, because, who knows how many people don't know. Like when I was telling my section about, yeah, I was telling them about who you are. They're like, oh, wow. Like I had no idea, you know, and that's an issue. That's an issue because it, because it's very important. And, um, you know, it's very, I'm sorry. We had all the tech difficulties and everything like that. I'm going to do my best to smooth it and make it as coherent and as unified as I possibly can. But, you know, I'm just, I'm very grateful for you and your time and, and hearing your story. So. Oh my God! Stop! You're welcome. <laughs> I get like I'm not used to like. That was really nice, and I like I really appreciate it. You're right about the validation because a lot of us like don't go to school there anymore. A lot of us who were involved like do not go to school there anymore, and so it's really reassuring to hear. Stop. It froze. Cool. Oh, wait. I don't want it. See how you were saying with me? It sounded really sincere. I want to hear that. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Go ahead. You said it was really great to hear. Oh, yeah. It was really great, great to hear. I don't want to continue my education after I get my bachelor's because I don't like school. The irony, right? <laughs> I don't like school. My career path is nothing but school. But um, I might go back for grad school. I really do love, I really do love the campus. Honestly, like I love it. The way, like when I, before all the turmoil and all the trauma, I really did like waking up, going to the river, all that good stuff. I had made a lot of friends. And actually one of my, um, one of the friends that I made during all of that, his name is Fabian. Shout out to you, Magic Man. Um, he was in grad school at the time. so. Um, it makes me want to go back just to you, run it back, you know what I'm saying, run it back, and I was looking to teach in Austin anyway, so it would be a nice little, you know, homage maybe, I don't know, it's just, uh, like, it's so weird to, like, think about all of this again and talk about it, like, I was getting tired, I was getting tired talking about it, because I'm like, dang, <laughs> Not like, oh my gosh, I'm tired of talking about this, but like, I was like, like, I feel like my body was like having a reaction to how I was feeling at that time. Cause I was so tired. <laughs> I was so tired of it all. I was just like, man, we didn't even talk about the fact, I mean, Connor Clay got impeached a couple of days before his term ended and he came to the meeting looking like a douche in a, in a, <laughs> a American flag printed button up. <laughs> with his mommy and daddy support him <laughs> okay <laughs> not my kind of guy uh, no not my president i'm dead yeah <laughs> he released like a video too after that when he graduated and you know his graduation post said hey hey ho ho connor clegg has got to go ellipse ellipses learn how to adult <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm like, I can't even 
wasn't bad. It was really clever. It was. It was. It was. It was. He probably doesn't care. Like he probably. It was probably like a blip for him. That's insane. He probably doesn't think about it at all. Because he, uh, he's in corporate America now. Well, he commented on one of the star's posts about, because, you know, February or uh, January, it's, the whole thing was activism. He commented on one of the posts, so. What did he say? I think it was like, uh, I think it was like a spell check thing. It was like, uh, it was like, um, actually, it was that type of comment. I don't know exactly what it said, but that was, you can check. I'll, I'll show you after. But um, look, we got to, okay. I know I didn't yeah. want to cut you off. But this is this <laughs> this is almost yeah, two hours long. long. So um, I'm gonna give you the opportunity, to, like any closing remarks or anything you want to say, either about yourself, your future, what happened. The floor is yours. Mm. Um. Well, if you were willfully ignorant before, um, please try not to be, <laughs> because for those of us who um, went through what we did it, we think about it probably at some point every day or not at all because you know trauma causes memory loss <laughs> um yeah i'm doing okay um teach little kids it's cool yeah <laughs> i don't know i like don't know what to say i'm just oh like it is what it is and also, life is amazing. It is what it should be. Period. Shout out to Drake. <laughs> yep. Period. Period. Uh, uh, Mina, thank you so much for your time and and being here. And, and I apologize. I apologize for having you relive those events. But I'm no, like no, no, no. Don't don't say sorry. Don't say sorry. Okay. I feel bad. No, it's all good. Don't feel like that, because then I'm, I'm going to get upset. Okay, well, either way, thank you for giving me your time. And, You're welcome. Uh, having you come and be on this platform and have your story told. Um, yeah, no problem. I really hope you can cut something good together, because I feel like that was just <laughs> all over the place. Don't worry. I, I got this. I got this. But okay, uh, nevertheless, thank you so much for your time. That's going to be it for this episode of The Star Sit Down. We will see you guys next week. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>